good evening ladies and gentlemen, good evening boys and girls, my name is Joshua Bradley Winter and welcome back to the Birding Life Youth Podcast, the podcast where we talk about birds with the young people who look for them. Today I am joined by a young lady who has been to a country that is very rich in bird life. This is Robin Phipps. Hello Robin, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, we have just had to overcome some technical issues and we, we, we finally here, yeah, we're recording now. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Um, very excited to be here, listen to quite a few. Yeah, that, that's good. So my first question for you is, how did you get into birding? Because I know a lot of birders who, a lot of them, it is family blood, well, I call it family blood birding because um, they're just birding to run in their family. And some people just decided to walk outside one day, looked up in a chair, oh, there's a bird, and I'm going to look at that for the rest of my life. So <laughs> how did you get into birding? Uh, yeah, mine was definitely um, family. Uh, my grandmother and my great aunt and uncle were mainly the people that taught me. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I grew up with quite good birders, I'll say, um, around me whenever we went on holiday. Um, no, they'd mentor me, which was always exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. really nice of them. That's that's quite similar to me. Like my, oh, my two aunts and my grandpa, and uh, yeah, they they birders, and I just kind of started birding with them also started birding because I I got a camera and then I'm like okay I wanted this camera now what do I take photos of and I've always loved the bush and all of that <laughs> I always knew I was going to work with animals one day so I decided okay well I'll start taking wildlife photos and then when you're in the bush when you're not looking at wildlife you can look at birds because let's be honest you don't come across a lion every five minutes <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's been the biggest benefit from birding with me is uh, for me, should I say, um, is that there's always something interesting around. It doesn't necessarily have to be a big cat or even a mammal. You know, there's always something, even insects, which I have no idea how to ID. But now I was just gonna <laughs> ask you, do do you know any insects or anything? Um, but yeah, you, you answered Not that. Because really. <laughs> uh, do you have any? Do you have any other interests besides birding? Like, do, are you do you do any herping or any botany? Um, um, I've done a little bit of herping, not too much. Um, bit nervous snakes won't lie. Yes, but, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the frog and that kind of stuff, but snakes yeah. getting an id wrong kind of scares me <laughs> you know yeah i actually have quite a crazy story about snakes i don't know if you know sondela nature reserve uh no, no. okay yeah so it's a it's, okay. it's a nature reserve close to bella bella and the one day we we, we had just arrived there and it had become dark and we walked in my mom walked into a bathroom and there was a scorpion in the sink so then, what me and my dad did, we caught the scorpion, put it in a little box thing, We and we walked along the road, 
And my dad says, why don't we put it just around that bend? So it's pitch black. We walk around that bend. And then we turn on the lights and there's a python line there. And yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, quite the shock. It was exactly where we were going to put the scorpion. So we decided we're not going to put the scorpion there. We'll go find somewhere else. And the python <laughs> slithered away into the bush. Um, yeah, so um, I also personally, I've had a look at frogs every now and again. But I'm not too into big into my bird. Ugh, I'm big into my birding, not my herping. And my f a lot of my family, they're big into their like buttons. I would like to get better at this. Mm. Yes, yeah, most definitely. I think it's a very interesting field. Yeah, uh, not for me yet. That day will come. <laughs> We're getting there. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of pythons, I've never been lucky enough to see one. See, ooh, English, sorry. Uh, never been lucky enough to see one. But, no, um, quite famously, oh, my grandmother was one of the um, stories in the 101 Kruger stories. Oh. The python and the engines. I've got the book <laughs> right over there. I, 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 I remember a story like that in the in the yeah there's the two of them in there okay sure so she she got a story oh, into the book that's quite impressive um and i think because they were in a group she didn't write it one of the other people that was they wrote it okay she's mentioned, she's mentioned. <laughs> okay oh yeah that, that's very cool and then so obviously you do some birding you take some photos but you have been lucky enough to do some birding in Colombia. And now, if I'm yeah. correct, Colombia has the most bird species in a country in the world, I think. Yes. <laughs> bit intimidating when you're going. <laughs> it's quite an amateur birder for the first time. <laughs> um, yeah, so what did what did you yeah. see and what did what was the experience like in Colombia? Because most people know Colombia as Drugs, cartels, Pablo Escobar, and Shakira. But <laughs> us birders know Colombia as a birding paradise, essentially. So, what, what did you see? What was your experience like there? Yeah, I think, you know, it was very intimidating going, knowing that there were just so many species there. Um, but I was very excited. Um, especially with hummingbirds. I don't know why, but the fact that we don't have them in South Africa and the fact that they had so many there was extremely exciting to me. Um, so I was lucky enough to go up to a hummingbird feeder in Bogota um, where I got to see, which was my biggest target, which was um, sword-billed hummingbird. Um, absolutely incredible but even the smaller species um the wood stars which are like they're tiny and they honestly look like the size of a bumblebee and it was just incredible to see you know so many of them i think i saw hundreds <laughs> sure um but even i got to do a lot of traveling while i was in colombia and um, with my exchange family i went to a very remote town um on the pacific ocean called Luki. And um, just outside Nuki is where we stayed in the youth hostel um, with the scouts. And, you know, the birding was incredible, just even around there. Um, got to see first toucan of my life. Um, <laughs> so that must toucan. have been cool. 
Yeah, it was incredible. Um, and uh, got to see, you know, outside of South Africa, Trogan for the first time. And even the smaller things, you know, they had, they had a lot of waders around and that kind of stuff. Or interesting herons, you know. Um, I think it's boat-billed herons. Just, you know, I okay. can't remember the species. Sorry, I saw so many birds while I was there. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just incredible to see things that I wouldn't necessarily get, possibly not ever another opportunity like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you definitely done something that a lot of birders would do many terrible things to do. Um, they would pay, <laughs> pay a lot of money yeah. to, to go to Colombia. I mean, it is, I mean, everyone wants to go to the Amazon to do birding there. And uh, did you go to the Amazon at all? The, I don't know. I don't know much about Colombia. It's like the whole of, surely the whole of the Colombia is not situated in the Amazon, is it? Only a section of it. I uh, know. It's just like one province or state. Okay. Um, is the Amazon? So, yeah. Um, I mean, Bogota is in the Andes mountain. Yes. Yeah. So it's very different going into the Amazon. Um, I found the birding in the Amazon very difficult. We didn't go very deep into the Amazon, so um, there wasn't a lot of, not, the, not that there wasn't a lot of wildlife, but it was less. We met, went more to see um, the people of the Amazon rather than the wildlife. Um, but I still got to see incredible things, you know. Um, you know, uh, seeing macaws for the first time. I'd wake up in the morning and watch them fly over the river and all the parrots and that kind of stuff. Even if it wasn't close-up sightings, it was so incredible to see just so many of them. Yeah. Yeah, that that yeah, that truly is every birder's dream, I think, is to sit alongside the Amazon River and watch macaws fly over it. Um, <laughs> that, that is quite incredible. Yeah. It's not something that um, at least a lot of South Africans get to do. Really was incredible. Um, one of the most interesting things. Now I don't know how to pronounce this bird's name. Don't worry. Just because I never, I didn't have anyone else there who was very interested in birds. Um, but um, we went kayaking in not the Amazon River, but one of like the. Don't know what. Like one to of the smaller trees. rivers, yeah, yeah. and yeah, um, and uh, we saw. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation, but Hoetzin, which is H O A T Z I N. If anyone wants to, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, and just they're very interesting birds. They kind of look like chickens, but they have, <laughs> you know, they. It just, they were just so interesting to watch, you know, and even though I'm pretty sure they're quite common around there, mm. such a different experience. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a very different experience. And I mean, I had a look at your photos on Instagram and the photos of your hummingbirds, yo, they are out of this world. If, if you've never seen a, a photo <laughs> of a hummingbird, you must go look at Robin's photos of hummingbirds on Instagram. Like, they look so... In your photo, you make them look so big, but aren't they incredibly small? Yeah, <laughs> they are. Well, most of them are. Um, you know, I think 
some of the later ones I posted were tiny. I they're really size of like a bumblebee in South Africa, you know. It's mm. only a couple centimeters. Yeah, the pictures I was able to get just shows how intricately, you know, they're made. If that makes sense. Just even though they're so small, they're covered in feathers and colors and patterns. And I found that just incredible. Incredible. Yes. Yeah. They they truly look quite stunning, and especially the uh, is it the sword-billed hummingbird? Um. Yeah. yeah. I. I imagine its beak is as long as its body. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like quite the yeah, quite the so. bizarre bird. And um, yeah, something very cool to yeah, see. Yeah, something... um, it was my main target to see when I went up there, you know. Okay, and you, you managed to get him, which is really cool. <laughs> um, I was having, I was having some serious issues with my camera trying to get it um while i was there which you won't know from the photos but um i'd been to the amazon before to it, the one lens i don't know something happened to it i still haven't figured it out but um it would take like 30 seconds to focus and with hummingbirds they're moving around so much that um it was actually quite difficult to get photos and i missed the sword build hummingbird pictures twice before I finally got the image, and I didn't. Well, well, the the image you got of is really good, so <laughs> you don't. I wouldn't be worrying about my your, my not working lens <laughs> too much. But yeah, you managed to pull it off still. <laughs> and then, yeah. so you've been to Colombia. You were there for two months, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then you came back from Colombia. And you landed, and then the next day you were shipped off to Birding Big Day, where we happened to do the same routes. I think I had one day's break, and then I started. Started, yeah, birding yeah, day. yeah. <laughs> birding Day, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so we we did we did the, we actually did the same route, but we did it in reverse. So you started in <laughs> Devon, and then went to Morivelle, and went to Sekabosrant, and I started in. Uh, Sacred Bulls Front, so then went to Morivelle, then went to Devon. So can you tell us what it was like doing Birding Big Day, yeah. incredibly jet-lagged, and, um, yeah, having quite a <laughs> successful birdie, big, Birding Big Day? Yeah, I mean, I was very excited. It was the first thing that I was doing, and I was doing it with people that I love. Um, and, you know, um, I was lucky that when... When we got up, I was still wide awake, basically. So <laughs> at least during the early hours of the morning, I was at least awake. Um, everyone else was, I think, because of, you know, excitement. But for mm. the first good 15 hours or so, not 15, 12 hours <laughs> awake. But um, <laughs> by the time we reached late afternoon, I was feeling, I was feeling the exhaustion from the jet lag. I'm but sure, yeah. It was... It was really an experience. Um, got a couple lifers, can't remember which ones, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's just incredible. Got to see things I don't get to see as often, you know, um, Blue Quran. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's how my family says it. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> pelvis whistling, duck, you know, nothing, you know, rarities or anything, but just incredible to be out with people that I love and to see, to go out birding, even if it's just to see birds that I've seen before, you know, it's all about the experience. Yes, yeah, I, I often think that birding big day, uh, while it's, it's a lot of people take it two ways. A lot of people, they, they want to win, like um, they want to get over, or they've got a target they want to hit, and if they don't hit the target, that's like the end of the world for them. But then there's others who just go out, see how many birds they can get, and it doesn't matter if they get 50, and it doesn't matter if they get 200, they've still enjoyed it, and that's that's probably, the I think, the best way to do it, do it. If you're not putting pressure on yourself or on anyone else in your team, then yeah, it's... It, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable than <laughs> rushing around. Maybe somewhere a little bit. Yeah, in somewhere a little bit in the... You can... It's still got a bit of a competitive yeah, yeah. side, so the fact that it's a competition does... Yeah, it pushes you a bit. <laughs> um, drag me a little bit, yeah. but you know, I'm still happy to go out. And um, when we were driving at night, we had incredible serval sightings, oh, wow. something that I get to see very yes. often. Um, when we were around the chicken farms um, near Rienichen. So, you know, <laughs> I will take that even. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's not every day you see a serval and the, yeah, to to see them in the farmlands is like, I know, I've actually, I've seen lots of photos of servals in farmlands, but it's not something you would expect to see in a farmland because well, firstly, farmers don't like anything that is going to kill their livestock, so they like to go shoot everything. So it's always nice to see a bit of wildlife in the farmlands, and it's a good indication of... Um, I think Yeah. I think with chicken farms, it attracts the rats, and the rats attract the servals. Yes, so. yes, yeah. <laughs> and also a big, a big thing with chicken farms... Yeah, a big thing with chicken farms, they have a problem with genets. Genets like to... So they'll, they'll kill one baby oh, yeah. chicken and then they will kill a bunch of others, but they will only eat one. So yeah, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's farming chickens for you in South Africa. And then, so we both did the same route. You ended, well, according to the Birding Big Day website, your team ended with 129 species and my team ended with 130 species. So we were so incredibly close. There must be one bird that <laughs> yeah. you missed out on. Yeah. But moving... Yeah, I think it being our first experience, we definitely missed a couple of the common ones. You know, you mm. look back at the list later and you're like, damn, I miss a grey go-away bird. Yes, they cover, yes. <laughs> they cover gauteng and yet somehow miss that one. And it's, you know, at four o'clock, I realised we hadn't even seen a crow. You know, Yeah, yeah. House, no, not house crow. Pied crow. There we go. My brain's a bit dead. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We did eventually find the crow. You'll be glad to know. Mm. Much celebration. <laughs> and when we found the crow, which sounds so depressing, but I think when we when we look at a target list, we look at things that we really gonna try and see rather than the things that we see on the daily. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I remember we had left Maryville. It must have been about just half past two. We still hadn't seen a hardy door. So we were desperately trying to find a hardy door. 
and we eventually <laughs> found one. And it's like, nobody wants to see a hardy dog. It's quite a normal bird. But when you're on birding big day and you want to get your list up, that's that's one extra bird that, you know, is the difference between yeah. winning and losing. Not in my case, but yeah. So yeah, anyway, so you had a... Yeah, a no. hmm. And then this question, I normally ask it to to everyone, but in your case i have to change it a bit besides columbia what is what has been your favorite destination to bird at <laughs> that's a good question um <laughs> i have to say up at the Khalkhari, hmm, yeah um, chance of tear park it's gonna be my favorite um yeah just amazing with the uh weavers and you know all the sand grass i, I love sand grass um <laughs> so with all the namaqua and virtual sand grass it's just it has to be my favorite <laughs> yeah that's a, a place i've always wanted to go to i haven't been there yet but it's, it's on the list um yeah i can imagine because they the sand grass they come to it's definitely worth it. yes yeah i'm sure and the sand grass, they come to the water holes early in the morning, right? And they come in like thousands and they're there for 15 minutes and then they're gone, I think. Um, yeah. So did you see any of that? Um, yes. Um, oh, it's been a while since I've been, I think yeah. I went in 2016. Okay, sure. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's really, but it has to be my favorite place that I went to. I just really want to go back. I dipped pygmy falcon which is so uh, embarrassing but i was 10 <laughs> so it's fine yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> you know <laughs> because um you know i think it was at the beginning of my birding days mm. or trying to take birding more seriously I was desperate to see ludwig's busted finally found it on the way home which in april was quite a, impressive considering they weren't really around anymore mm. um so it just just the the sheer amount of bird life that's there, even if it's just looking at a sociable weaver nest, I mean the amount of birds you see and how everything just interacts it's just yeah, has to be my favorite <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure, and then speaking of rare birds, you managed to see a you told me that on your year list you've got two birds. One bird that 99% of birders in South Africa haven't seen and one bird that 99% of birders in South Africa have seen. So can you tell us about the first one that 99% of birders haven't seen? Um, yeah, so um, I'm staying in Plet over December, um, driving back from Titsikama with my family and I saw the rare bird alert for the rock hopper so it was on Roburg and was desperate to go convinced my dad to go with me and while we were walking there you know we saw birders obviously everyone's quite recognizable with a pair of binoculars and generally quite a big camera um quite a few people hadn't seen it and then um a lady I was wearing a Johannesburg wildlife vet shirt and a lady came up to me and she said are you looking for the penguin <laughs> I said yes so she was the ranger for, or the park ranger for Roberg, and she was going to go 
located so that the vet team could come and relocate it um, because the bird was molting and they didn't want it was basically quite close to a pathway and they wanted to move it so that it wouldn't be disturbed um so <laughs> followed her she had hiked i think it was 51 kilometers over Rodick in the last week so she was very very adept at climbing over the rocks and stuff so I definitely fall behind behind it at one point or the or another. Um but yeah, uh, it took us like a very long time to find the penguin. It was very well camouflaged, you know, we did like a circle around this one area about a hundred times before we finally found it. Um but it was yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean uh rock hopper penguin uh, I've seen them before, but not not in the wild. I've seen them at, at the Two Oceans Aquarium. And they look like very yes, me too. Yeah, yeah, they look like very <laughs> like, like they they almost look evil with their funny yellow eyebrows, and they look like they're always plotting something. But anyways, that's, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> why don't you tell us about the other bird that's on your your year list that you told me that is, <laughs> that most birders have yeah, seen? Wow, what a rare one! Cup girl, cup girl. Okay, <laughs> it's yeah. Just, yeah. I'm, gr- I'm terrible at listening, I have to say. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I used to be, yeah. It, it's not really a bad thing, because I used to be, I used to make a list of every place I went to. But now, ugh, I arrive there, uh, I think, when do I want to do some atlasing or not, or do I want to enjoy the place? Half the time I decide I'll atlas, other times, uh, no, no, no atlasing today, and I just... Yeah, I just go and enjoy myself, which I think is also important because I feel like when you're creating a list, you're always trying to get as many birds as you can. And that's always not the best way yeah. to enjoy birding. It should be an experience that everyone goes getting out into nature and getting out of the city for once in your life. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then... I wanted to ask, so you told me you want to be a vet one day. <laughs> yeah, so in South Africa we have a problem with Indian miners, um, a couple lovebirds. There's a house crow population in uh, Cape Town. We have house sparrows, uh, mallard ducks. And they are all invasives. So, what do you think <laughs> we should do to get rid of the invasives? <laughs> Such a good question. It's, it's quite difficult, I think, to answer. Mm. Um, you know, there's the ethical side of whether, you know, killing birds is okay and that kind of stuff. But... I have to say, I've had like a population of parakeets mm. coming to the area that I live. <laughs> it's irritated me so much. They're quite loud, you know. Yeah, yeah. And generally, the birds that I've seen around, um, you know, they've definitely affected the bird life in and around my area. So I have to say, I do think that, you know, they should not necessarily be shot, but yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Sadly, I think that especially miners and lovebirds, etc., like they, they do have quite detrimental effect on 
um, native populations. So <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it seems possibly yeah. going to make me quite unpopular here. <laughs> but no, don't worry. I I share the same uh, opinion. At the moment, the the best way in order to protect the environment and to um, help our native birds thrive is to shoot them like i don't know if you've seen on sand parks they've got a whole page that if you see a indian miner or a mallard what mallard duck you have to report it immediately and then they don't tell you what happens to those birds but they go and they they shoot them um and uh, you know like i think it, it's not a nice thing to shoot the bird especially because these birds they didn't they didn't choose to fly here they didn't choose to come here they were brought here it, so they don't actually know they're doing something wrong, and they're just yeah. trying to live their life. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite a <laughs> quite a sensitive topic. Uh, were there any invasive birds in <laughs> in Colombia? That's a very really good question. Um, uh, there were a lot of pigeons. I'm not sure. I'm not they're, sure. They're probably invasive. They mm. feel like they're probably invasive in most places, mm. but. Yeah. So you didn't I think Yeah. I think like you know, you saw a lot of vultures. Mm. It was quite a surprise to me, like just seeing a lot of vultures in the city everywhere I went, I saw um, black vultures, which was coming from South Africa where you only see vultures in specific places, not necessarily you know, you may see one in Hartvierspurt or mm around there but seeing so many of them like seeing them every day everywhere basically i think it was quite a shock to me yeah that that, yeah. that would be quite a shock um, but, as well to me <laughs> <laughs> but i don't i don't know any invasive species i'm sure they're there um but yeah so yeah because so you, you didn't see any egyptian geese or anything because i know they they cause problems all around the world <laughs> Uh, not that I remember. Not that you remember, yeah. They're, they're, they're South Africa's, they're, they're Africa's gift to the rest of the world, just to make sure that they don't forget about us. But anyways, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Robin. It was wonderful to have you, and hopefully you will be back soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Birding Life Youth Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the Birding Life on all your favorite podcast players and social media platforms.